Verse number six said, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations and desire of all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than, than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. In this place I will give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And that's as far as we're going to read tonight. Pray with us tonight, if you would. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, tonight we thank you for the privilege and opportunity, God, to be at Concord. Lord, I pray for this church. I thank you for this dear pastor and this sweet people. Lord, thank you for the spirit that we've already felt. Thank you, Lord, for the many blessings, God, that you've bestowed upon us. Lord, we could start naming them off right now, and we wouldn't be able to finish, God, uh, with any kind of time. Lord, it just, it just is, it's bountiful, God. It just goes on and on and on. Just the blessing of being able to get up today and take a breath. The blessing of being able to get up today and see. The blessing of being able to get up today and walk and talk and handle things and talk with each other and laugh together and worship together and praise together. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for allowing us the opportunity to present the work in Hyde County. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we go forth. I pray, God, tonight now as we've read the Word of God, that you'd help us, Lord, to be able to convey the message, Lord, preach the message that you'd have us to and nothing else. Lord, it is your word, and I pray, God, that you'd help us stay within these confines of the Scripture, Lord, that we'd preach it line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Help us, Lord, to give your people what they stand in need of tonight and be a blessing and encouragement to them. I pray you'd preach us in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Lord, we wouldn't say anything you wouldn't be pleased with. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to maybe get to the ear of that one that might be nearest hell. Lord, let us get to the heart. Let us say something through the power of your spirit that might help them get convicted, get in this altar and repent of that sin and put their faith in you. Father, we love you and we praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, when you come to Haggai chapter number two, you have to understand a little bit about what's going on in Haggai's day. And in order to do so, you have to go back to the book of Ezra and Nehemiah to understand the rebuilding of the temple. I began to pray and I began to seek the Lord and began to ask God to help me see what it was He was wanting me to do. Because I've been a pastor now of two churches and, and I'm not saying that I've got it figured out. I'm not saying it. As a matter of fact, I'm saying the opposite of that. I don't have it figured out. I'm just trying to mind God. But I'll be honest with you tonight. When I left my last church and I took that step of faith and just left that place and I remember I texted your pastor and kind of told him a little bit about what went on and, and I really was reaching out to my pastor friends for a little bit of guidance, a little bit, you know, just get to get them to pray for me uh, because I need to know what my purpose is in the ministry and work for the Lord. Uh, But as I began to pray and I began to seek the will of God, I I went to my scripture and I went to the Bible and I began to read and I thought, man, if God wants me to go and do a work and certainly the the work of Hyde County come up in conversation uh, when Pastor Curtis made the announcement that uh, he is going to plant a church down there, that's when my wife immediately come and so after 
after we left Mount Calvary Baptist Church, my wife said, see, I told you how God's going to send us to Hyde County. And I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know if that's what God wants us to do. And I believe that it's okay to not know sometimes. I, I believe it's okay to question the things of God. And, and really because I believe with a sincere heart, God honors that. And He wants us to do that. He wants us to come with a sincere heart and to understand that it's more than just, uh, you know, a happenstance. It's more than just going on a whim and uh, trying to figure out the will of God and saying, well, this is the will of God or that's the will of God. I believe that God, if any time you're going to do anything in the will of God, it'll come through His Word. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I'll tell you tonight that that's really why I turned to my Bible and I began to find, try to find some purpose and, and, and try to follow after God for the work of the ministry. But I went to the book of Acts and I thought, man, what a, a man to read after Luke pinning down those words of the Apostle Paul and pinning down the works of Peter and pinning down what the disciples had done and how that they had started the New Testament church and how the God had moved in power. And I began to read how that, you know, Peter preached and all these souls got saved. And I began to pre- read and I read after Paul and his missionary journeys to Thessalonica and all these different places, you know, and it just really wasn't doing anything for me. It just really wasn't directing my heart or convicting my heart in any way. And I thought, man, that's all well and good, but it just isn't where God wants me to be. And so I backed up and I began to just read and I began to flip through here and flip through there. And God spoke to my heart and said, have you read the book of Haggai? And I went over to the book of Haggai and I've read it before, but it'd been a little while before I'd studied it and read it. And I backed up and I began to read it, verse number one and of chapter one. And God began to break my heart. And I began to see what God was doing in, ver- in chapter number one and verse number four. God asked the people of God this question. He says, Is it time for ye, for, for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? As I began to read that, I man, God began to smite my heart and began to say, you know, you've got it good. You're blessed beyond measure. I've taken care of you through your pastorates. I've taken care of you through every trial, every tribulation. It might not have worked out the way you thought it would, but you know, it's been me that was there with you every step of the way. And God began to break my heart and I began to think, you know, God, that's right. I'm sitting here while your house in Hyde County lay waste. There's nobody there to preach Jesus to them. There's nobody there to tell them about how good you are. And God, if you'll be with me, I'll go to wherever it is you tell me. And God, if you tell me to go to the back side of the moon, God, that's where I'll go because I know you'll provide for me. But I did not stop reading in verse number four. I kept reading on down and I found out there in verse number eight, God said, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will take pleasure in it and be glorified saith the Lord but then I kept on reading and I said God I need more than that I know that you want us to go do these works I know that you want us to go and build a house for you Lord you want us to go and do a a glorious work and make you look good in a desolate place 
but then I kept reading on down and verse number 13 is really where God settled me and I read this and I thought bless God thank you Lord that you've given me a promise right here in the midst of this work of your house being rebuilt verse number 13 says then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people saying I am with you saith the Lord amen I thank God for the fact that God right here in the midst of his temple being rebuilt God sent a word and said listen people I know that you fled back to your houses I know that you're a discouraged people I know that Tatanai in Ezra chapter 5 tried to stop the work of the rebuilding of the temple and then he sent a letter to Darius the king and said who is it that told you to build this temple who is it that told you to do this work and I said but Lord I thank God that you give us verse number 13 of chapter 1 that says I am with you saith the Lord and so in chapter number 1 we find that there is the call to the mission of a desolate place these people had not rebuilt the temple yet these people the people of Israel had not done what God said to do God sent a famine there in the first in the middle portion of this scripture he dried up the heavens stayed the rain dried up their crops kept everything back it was a desolate place but not only is there a call to the mission of a desolate place there's the call to the ministry of a discouraged people I'm going to a land where those people need Jesus I'm going to a land where they need to hear about God and God's goodness I'm going to a place where babies need to hear the gospel so that they can get saved I'm going to a place where mamas and daddies and dope addicts and drug addicts can get help that they need from the word of God I'm going to a place that's not going to be an easy work but it's a place of discouraged people there's the call to the ministry of a discouraged people there's the call to the mission of a desolate place and then there is the call of the master for a devoted praise why in the name of heaven would God send Brandon Boyd from Marion North Carolina all the way across the state to pastor a church that ain't even finished yet send him down there to do a work because the master is calling for a devoted praise he wants us all to praise and worship him he wants the people of Hyde County to praise and worship him he wants them to know the name of Jesus and how good he's been in their life even though they don't know it listen God has blessed them and they don't even realize it if they have a good bumper crop one year and they get thousands and thousands of taters out of the ground and they get thousands and thousands of bags of cotton out of the ground it's God that sent the increase it's God that done that for those people and I praise God that he's calling us as a master to a devoted praise but then we come to chapter number two and they're still discouraged and I want to tell you something about that I've learned that in the mission work it's pretty discouraging sometimes and I thank God for a wife and some children that will lift you up will support you will encourage you even when you feel like throwing in the towel and I ain't I don't feel like throwing in the towel I'm about like I was when I surrendered called to preach and I'm about like I was when I, when I surrendered and submitted to the Holy Ghost and got born again. I'm charged. Man, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. If I could go today and go ahead and settle in there and go to preaching, thus saith the Lord to them people and presenting the gospel to them, I would leave right now and go. But I can't do that. 
And so it is a little bit discouraging sometimes when you can't be where your heart is longing to be and where every time you go to church and you hear about a work or this work or that work or you get to meet sweet, sweet people and they ask you these questions about where you're going, it, it recalls all that to your mind. And every time I see geese fly over, I say, Hyde County's calling. Because that place is like the duck hunting capital of the world. It's got one of the largest bodies of water that's a natural body of water. It's only three feet deep at its deepest point. Lake Matamuskeet, you can go look it up. But it's duck hunting capital of the world, man. There's ducks everywhere. And every time I see a duck, Hyde County's calling. Hyde County needs a preacher. Hyde County needs to hear about Jesus. Amen. And so when my heart gets a little bit discouraged and I, I think, man, God, are you ever going to do this? I mean, I'm ready to go and I know I ain't been doing this long. But I think, God, are you going to finish the building? Are you going to supply the needs? Are you going to provide for me and my family a house to live in? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And I'll just, I'll just kind of get down and I'll say, I don't know if he's going to do this. I don't know if he's going to provide. And he'll send his church to take care of us and provide for us and help us along the way. And that'll encourage me for a little bit. But then I'll be driving down the road, heading to the next church. Praise God for churches that'll let you come present. But I will say this, I'll be driving down the road and I'll kind of get in my own mind. And I'll get to thinking, am I ever going to get there? Am I ever going to get to go? And God will send some geese to fly over and say, it's still there. I'm still calling you to it, and I'm still wanting you to go. Amen. Thank God for that. But as we get into chapter number two, and I'll, I'll give you these points real quick, and I won't even give you no sub-points or none of that. I'll just cut it all out. But as we get into chapter number two, if you look in verses four and five, you look in verses four and five, you find these promises again. And in chapter one, we see the call to build the house of the Lord. But in chapter number two, we find the covenant to work on the house of the Lord. You see, in chapter number one, God called them to come out and go to work. Verse number eight, go up the mountain, get the wood, bring it down, build my temple, and I'll take pleasure in it and be glorified in it, saith the Lord. But in chapter number two, they're still discouraged. And God wants them to be reassured that he's still working. And he's still doing. If you look in verse number four, the Bible says, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. You see in verses four and five, and I'll get to five in just a second, we see the security of his promise. You see, three times in verse number four, the Bible tells us be strong, be strong, be strong. But more than that, in verse number four, God says this to the people of Israel. He says, be strong, saith the Lord. Be strong, saith the Lord. Be strong, saith the Lord. Do you understand tonight the substance that that carries with it? It's not just some, you know, just some uh, lackadaisical promise that God's making here. This is a big deal. And three times God is encouraging His people to be strong, be strong, be strong. Saith the Lord, saith the Lord, saith the Lord. He's reassuring them of the security of His promise. Verse number 5, the Bible reads this way. According to the word, this is God speaking, according to the word that I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. You know what God did? He reminded them that he was with them all the way back in Moses' day. 
And that he was still with them now. He wanted them to understand, listen, I made a covenant with you. Listen to me, church. He's made one with us. We've got a new covenant, a better covenant. Amen. It's in Jesus. He's promised us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He is our Lord and we can call upon him. We can work for him. We can go for him. And I thank God for the security of his promise. Verse number five ends with, so my spirit remaineth among you. I I will never be able to do a work in Hyde County without God's spirit. I can't do it on my own. There's nothing I can do. Might as well fold it up, be done with it, walk off from it if God's spirit is not going to be in that place. And he says, fear ye not. There's the security of that promise. Then I want you to notice this. Verses 6 and 7, notice the severity of his power. You notice the covenant is the security of his promise in verse 4 and 5. But in verse number 6, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Now in chapter number 1 and verse number 14, we find that God was doing some stirring. But in chapter number 2, he says, I'm going to shake it. Amen. Sometimes the stirring don't do the job. What's God doing? He's wanting them to understand how powerful he is. You see, in verse number 12 of chapter 1, they obeyed the voice of the Lord. Zerubbabel, Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and all the remnant of people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. That's what he said to them. But then as we get to verse number 13, we find that he says once again, I am with you, saith the Lord. And verse number 14, the Bible says, and he stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He stirred up the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. He stirred up the, all the people and brought them to a place of revival, charging them and getting them to go forth but then chapter number two comes and they're still discouraged and so God says listen it's going to be just a little while and I'm going to have to show you the severity of my power how serious it is if you don't hearken unto me and you don't listen unto me and go ahead and continue this work you know what they did they got their eyes off of God and they got their focus on Sam Ballot and Tobiah and Tatani and all those that were around during Nehemiah's day. Nehemiah, praise God for Nehemiah, stayed on the wall, fought with a sword in one hand and his tools in the other hand, stayed there and done a work for God, would not come down, would not bend, would not bow, just stayed with God's work, wasn't going to go any other direction. Ezra stood up on the wooden pulpit, began to proclaim the word of God to them and when he did, the old men wept because they saw the house in its former glory and they were glad that God had done it again. I thank God that he's still doing it again but the young men shouted because now they've got a place to worship now they've got a place to go and and offer up sacrifice unto their God. I thank God for these things that Haggai is prophesying about but in chapter number 2 and verses 6 and 7 God says listen I'm still the same powerful God and because I did the stirring of the spirit now I'm going to have to shake it up a bit. You know what God's going to do in Hyde County? I believe he'll start by stirring them. They're curious right now. Who is this new preacher? Who is this missionary of the Blacklands Baptist Church? They're curious. And when you talk to them, man, they're encouraged. Preacher, if you get it finished, we'll come. 
I want them to come now. I mean, we've got it dried in. I've got temporary lights up. I've got chairs that will seat about 20 people. And I want them to come now, but you know how people are. Excuse after excuse after excuse. They're just like anywhere. Well, I had this happen. I had that happen. I couldn't come today because of this or that. And down there, the thing about that area is, is every time it rains, it floods everything, including our churchyard. So y'all pray for us. We need gravel. And there ain't really no gravel down there. They're not from the mountains where they just go to the mountain and get some. Yeah. <laughs> they got to go about two or three hours up the road, get a load of gravel and haul it back. But anyways, I went and witnessed to one feller. His entire yard was a pond. I witnessed to him on Saturday when it was dry and it was windy. It was a little bit cold. I got out of the car and I talked with him. I said, do you, do you go to church anywhere? Well, no, sir. I said, well, that church right there, you could see it from his driveway. I said, that church right there, we're going to have service there in the morning. We'd love to have you. We'd love for you to come be with us. Began to talk with him a little bit about the Lord, but this is what he said. He said, no, sir, I won't be going nowhere. And I said, really? He says, too cold? And he said, you'll see in the morning my yard will be a pond. And sure enough, it was that deep on his car tires sitting in his driveway. It's just water. Everywhere is water. So here's the thing about that. I need, that. That's another obstacle that I'm up against. Amen. I've got to figure out a way to get them to a dry place. Amen. But God has a way of not only stirring the spirit in that community, but I believe this, that when he gets done stirring, if they still ain't coming, he'll shake it. That's what he said here. He said, I, it's just going to be just a little while, and I'll shake it. And I know this is prophetical. Man, this is prophetical. This is dealing with the rebuilding of the temple. It's prophetical. God's going to shake the heavens and the earth, and they're going to be fled away one day. Man, but the severity of his power. But then he wanted them to notice this, the substance of his possessions. In verse number 8, the Bible says, The silver is mine. This is God talking to his people again. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? What is God referring to when he says that the silver is mine, the gold is mine? God's letting them know that every bit of it's his. He wants them to know that when Nebuchadnezzar led them into Babylonian captivity and he took the golden vessels and the silver vessels out of the temple of God and he made a wreck of everything, that God says, hey, listen, I want you to know that the silver is mine and the gold is mine. You know what God's telling them? The silver signifies unto us that that is the redemption of God's people and the gold is God signifying to them that he still wants them to be a pure people. And he says, the silver is mine and the gold Gold is mine, and I want you to know that the substance is mine, that it's mine in my possession. Why does that matter, preacher? Because it's all his. That's right. The people of Hyde County are his. Yeah. Amen. Now, they may not be bought by the blood of Jesus yet, but he created them. Right. He breathed the breath of life into their nostrils, and he gave his son on Calvary to die for them, same as he did this old boy. Amen. Amen. And I believe they deserved the same opportunity to hear about that as I did. And I thank God for it tonight. Then lastly tonight, and I'm done, verse number 9, the sweetness of his peace. I really believe that what God wanted them to understand was while they were discouraged, that he was going to be with them. The security of his promises, the, 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 the severity of his power, the substance of his possessions. But in verse number 9... He wants them to understand that he's going to give Israel peace. You know what, church? 
there's coming a day where no heartache we'll see. Amen. What a day it'll be when our Jesus we shall see. Praise God. But look what he said in verse number nine. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not just Haggai speaking. It's just the word of the Lord. It's God speaking. And God says, there's a sweet peace coming your way. Listen, Hyde County is a place right now that don't have a preacher. But my goal is to go there and preach the peace that passeth all understanding. Matter of fact, this Bible tells us how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. That's what we are to do now because, listen to me, if they miss out on Jesus, there'll be no peace to be had. Amen. I just want to go there, confirm these promises, share with them this call, and give them, give them the Jesus that loves us and that saved me. Preacher, I'm done. send him, take care of his every need. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Well,